Missy D. Missy D. She's so talented, you know. Mm -hmm. So my hot sweet sticky jalebis, my gold gold galab jamins, my cotton chaddis wala people, how are you? <laughs> I felt like saying that because I don't know what's going on. I just don't know what's going on. But there's, there seems to be Missy D nostalgia going on. Is that a, a, the correct word? I'm not one to do posh words. Nostalgia. What does that mean? It felt like it meant what I'm, it said what I meant. But let me just check now on my phone. I'll talk about my phone in a minute. It's really do my head in. Hold on. Nostalgia. Terja Hikminta. Nostalgia. Is that the right word I was looking for? Uh, a wistful, a excessively sentimental yearning for the return or of some past period or irrecoverable condition. Something that evokes in us. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Ex that's the exact word I was looking for. Nostalgia. So a lot of people are contacting me recently and go, Missy D, when are you coming back on the radio? And I'm like, brother, bruv, bruv. Like, that's my street lingo. Bruv. Like I came off the radio um, years ago, man. How come you guys are still in like, I'm in your headspace. Why are you all still thinking about Missy and the radio? Uh, and I keep feeling that there's something bubbling up in the waters here. It could be to do with my manifestations. It could be to do with my affirmations. I don't know. I don't know. But it feels like Missy D <laughs> somewhere, somehow will be making her way back onto radio in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. So... I'll keep that thought in your brain and in my brain. I mean, I am kind of back on and on the podcast, as you know, but I'm talking about like on live radio. <laughs> I say no more. Anyway, how are you? Are you TikTok? Are you fit to fart? Are you first class? Uh, I keep kind of, I, I don't know. I'm in kind of a, a weird, I'm not in a weird mood today. I'm in a very electrifying mood today. I'm in, I'm still in my moment of yesterday, I am still buzzing from yesterday. Yesterday was off the Richter scale. Amazing. What did I do yesterday? Well, yesterday morning I was in bed and uh, I did my machine. You know, the bioresonance machine, by the way, the bioresonance machine zapped a few more bugs. I saw her yesterday, um, but that order keeps doing like I keep going there now. And uh, every month I pay her £60. I pay her £150 for the machine. I don't pay her. I pay a company to hire it from them. And uh, and every time I get it, it's like, yeah, a few bugs have been zapped. We'll have to add on more to this program. I'm getting a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit fed up of uh, it 
moving, but not moving fast enough. Uh, so I'm losing the will to live with the machine, <laughs> if I'm honest. So any kind of support in my direction will be much appreciated of not giving up because I'm a giver upper. Not in everything, but um, I try everything and I always, always give everything my hundred and thousand percent. Hundred and thousand percent. Don't make this sense. I give everything my everything uh, uh, and uh, and more. And when you keep putting it in and you keep putting it in and you keep putting it in and you're not getting much back from it, then you're like, okay, so this needs to change. So I'm just going to charge my phone bank and my phone is so bad people that i have to now keep it on a, a a phone bank battery because it won't stay alive on its own so you either have to keep it plugged in at the wall all day and if you want to move around i had a, a ding idea the other days like well if i buy a phone bank uh, that, that's what they call it and that lasts all day. And I keep plugged into that. I'll be mobile with the phone with a battery pack. <laughs> like back in the days. I remember my cousin Dippy. He was one of the first people to get a mobile phone. It was mobile. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was as big as think about maybe four bricks, right? The size of four bricks. <laughs> the two bricks stuck together was the battery pack that had a big handle kind of thing like a big massive torch type of thing i had this humongous phone at the end of it <laughs> but i have to give it to the b he was an innovator he always had the first things he was like he was delroy he was amazing so he was used to proudly walk around and say yeah look i got a mobile phone <laughs> and we were like what the hell is a mobile phone in those days that's how that's how cool he was, my cousin Dippy. Uh, he's still the coolest man ever. He hasn't got any hair left on his head, but he's one of the coolest dudes that I've ever known. And he's got a son called Sudden, and he is the cooler dude as well because he's like Mini Dippy, and he gets so happy whenever I see him. And I'm like, "Hey, Mini Dippy, come here!" And he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm Mini Dippy. I'm my Mini Dad." Because who would who wouldn't want to be Mini Dippy? Dippy is iconic in my life, honestly, as well as other people are iconic in my life as well. Uh, but he's he's way up there. And uh, I've got a few way up there people in my life. My Bubby TJ, uh, her name's Dejwant and she lives in Derby. And she is the most wonderful, wonderful soul uh, and human you'll ever come across. Always smiling, always there for you. Full of fire, full of fire. <laughs> I love her to bits, uh, but I wouldn't have her any other way. And And her daughter... Uh, Manpreet, she's absolutely the same as her mother, an amazing, beautiful human soul, full of fire. <laughs> but I love people full of fire. I really do. <laughs> so they're beautiful people in my life. What other ones do I know? Uh, Ram. Ram is why am I? I don't know. I'm going down memory lane here. Ram is my cousin. Ram is not. Well, he likes to be called Ram. He shall very soon become a Dr. Ram as he's almost at the end of his PhD. That's been doing it forever. And all I know is about the peacock theory. <laughs> Don't ask me what his PhD is on. And if you ever heard this, he'd be like, I can't believe it, Blingy. You don't even know what my PhD is on. It's just, it's too hard. It's just all big words and stuff. But it's very good. He's so good. He got, like he, he's, he's been asked to do talks everywhere. He's a lecturer, actually, darling, at a university in uh, Surrey somewhere. Yes. And uh, very posh that he is and dresses amazingly. He's got an amazing hairstyle at the moment. Thanks to me. Yes, thanks to me. 
He was like, blink, because he calls me Blingy, by the way. Blingy, what, you, what shall I do? And I'm like, just shave it off, man. And he rocked that hairstyle, rocked it. In fact, I think Salman Khan, Salman Khan, he's got the same hairstyle at the moment. That's Ram's hairstyle. Where was I? Why, why, why have I ended up here from there? Typical Missy D style, right? Typical, typical. Oh, gosh. Um, where was I? Let me see. Where have I arrived to this juncture from back there? I was going to tell you something, weren't I? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. I needed to tell you about my night last night. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. So I was on the machine and Amun calls me. Sorry, she texted me. She said, call me. So I called her because I'd just come off my machine. And she goes, uh, what are you doing later? Well, that's normal with Amun. Like, what you, what are you guys doing later? <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh, she wants to piss up on a Wednesday. Because <laughs> that tends to happen when either like Amun will ask me what are you doing later or Anu my sister will go what are you doing later and it ends up with you know a bottle of wine and a chinwag and I was like I'm actually going to the bioresonance person I have an appointment and then I've got to sort my goddamn phone out I've got an appointment at 3 30 uh to see if they can put a new battery in and uh I'll tell you about the battery situation my my phone is dead rest in peace phone Anyway, so he was like, right, you can't go to the phone, people. Make that appointment for another day. I've got tickets for Liverpool versus Leicester live at Anfield tonight. Kickoff is at 7.45. I'm picking you up at three. I was like, but it. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> she went, uh, Leicester is playing Liverpool and uh, we have season tickets. They're season ticket holders. They meaning herself and her brother. Uh, have our season ticket holders for Liverpool. They're massive fans of Liverpool and so is her son, Yuvraj. So um, I, look, I, I'm not a football freak. I'm not, I don't have allegiance to, to, um, to football or to football teams. I have been a bit of a sheep when it comes to football. I enjoy it. I'm not massively, massively sports doing or sports watching fan. I used to be. Uh, more sports doing not really sports watching I wish I was because it is a really really uh, good thing to be and I'll tell you more about that in a minute right so uh, I was like I'm not really into football I mean but uh, she goes but you're a Liverpool fan I was like yeah and immediately being a Liverpool fan is because my brother-in-law Sonny he is a massive huge Liverpool fan as are his brothers Sanjay and Bob they've all been into Liverpool and um, my my nephew obviously Shayin is now a Liverpool fan I, I love watching football with him I love it he's like oh Mimi Mimi <laughs> and he does all the actions <laughs> Mimi meaning Masi he doesn't call me Masi he calls me Mimi uh, and he's called Mimi me uh, since birth he will call everyone else around him Masi but Mimi me and my sisters who are his real Masis Mimi <laughs> is the cutest cutest thing ever so, yeah, I, I really have just followed football teams because of the people that have been in my life at that time. So I had a, a friend at one point, um, probably early 2000s, and they were into Man United. And so because they were into Man United, I was like, OK, I'm a Man United fan because I would only ever watch football with that person, if you know what I mean, if I ever watched it. So 
obviously I wasn't going to go and watch another team and they were watching Man United. So obviously with Sonny, we, Liverpool is everything. Liverpool's his clothes. Liverpool's all over his car. Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. So, uh, you know, sod's law that we're going to become a Liverpool fan. And he is married to my sister. She has to have allegiance to Liverpool. So yeah, I'm almost like, right. So coming then, I was like, oh, actually, do you know what? And I have to be honest with you, right? Pre-being ill, pre-being, which was 2015-ish, right? I never was a spur of the moment kind of person. I'm not the kind of person to go, oh, Amma's just called and she's going to Anfield. I think that's brilliant. Let me just jump into the car and go. Or if Amman had called me and said, like, in an hour, we're going to London. Um, we're going to go and have a cocktail and we're going to come back. And I'll be like, well, whatever. All that effort just, just to have a cocktail. But there are people that do that kind of thing. To be honest, I have, I have, I have, I have actually done that many years ago. Um, I went, drove with a friend to London to have a coffee uh, in Covent Garden and then we drove back. <laughs> but I'm not really, what 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 do you call those kind of people? They are um, living in the moment type of people, people that like to take high risks, people that take risks in life and people that don't just think about things, they just do it. So I always have been an overthinker. <laughs> I'm laughing now because as soon as that came out of my mouth, I just thought of my shrinky friend. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I had a conversation with her just two days ago and she was like, oh, look who's talking, Miss Overthinker. And that she was re she was referring to myself. So I am an overthinker. I am. I am. I am. And uh, but more and more now I've I've learned about myself that I try not to think so much and I try to go with the flow of life and live in the moment. It is not easy. It's not easy. I always used to be a planner. I'm a Capricorn by birth. However, I'm a cusp. So I'm half Capricorn and half Aquarius. My entire family and friends are like sold that I'm uh, an Aquarian. One or two, like my cousin Rajwan, she's a Capricorn and she's like, no, you're a Capricorn thoroughbred. Uh, thoroughbred uh, Capricorns are very homely people, very traditional people, and they like things to be how they are and not change. They like tradition. They don't like change. They don't like, um, you know, uh, spur of the moment stuff. They don't like adventure. They just want everything like how they have it and know that the future is how they've sorted it. And it will be like that because they've already arranged it. And, you know, they've got savings accounts and uh, things for rainy days and that kind of stuff. And I have to be honest, that was me. It was me. It was it. But then things changed. And I don't know how this crossover has taken into effect, but I think I have become, I don't know if I'm a Capri Aquarian now, but what I do know is that I've, I've evolved into this being um, and I don't want to put labels on it anymore. I'm sick and tired, I think, of labelling stuff. So, I mean, yeah, we all kind of talk about star signs and moon signs and rising signs. <laughs> And the full moon is going to affect you, blah. I I don't know about that. I just think that let's just go with its flow. So I'm more of a go with the flow kind of girl now. And so I ended up yesterday in Amun's car at three o'clock with Danveed, whose birthday it was the day before. Danveed being the son of Breed. And Breed came with us as well. Breed is an amazing person as well. Actually, she's way, way up there in my list of nice people. Breed is a very chilled out person and she is just a lot of fun to be around. Like you just get to chill with her, drink with her, 
chat shit with her um and she's a happy-go-lucky go with the flow type of person like she goes all over anywhere uh just to go out i reckon like she went to notting hill carnival she didn't even ask me to go and i even said to her when you go please ask me she didn't ask me but i i, I kitched her gun yesterday kitch gun means basically pulled her ears a little bit yesterday in the car I was like uh where was my invite to Notting Hill Carnival? I told you I wanted to go. I told you that if you were going, you were going to take me. But maybe then she might, might have thought I was a liability with my oxygen. Because <laughs> yesterday, oh my God, something happened. Um, I took a, a canister of oxygen and normally that's sufficient. And I, But I always take a backup just in case. Yesterday, I didn't take the just in case because more and more lately, I've been using less and less oxygen. And I knew one can would have been fine. But what happened is halfway through, the goddamn thing finished. But it wasn't because I used all the oxygen. When I came home and changed it into the new oxygen tank, it became very clear that the end of the oxygen on the oxygen side, near the, the um, not the one that goes my nose, the other side, it had kind of enclipped itself and was had a slow, think of it like a slow puncture in a, a tyre. So it was slowly, slowly releasing the oxygen and it, it finished. <laughs> So it was a bit of a, a coffee, coffee, huffy, puffy trip back to the car, but I made it. And oh my God. And oh my God, I have to tell you another thing. So I'll tell you all about Anfield in a minute and Liverpool, Leicester and my very first experience of my first ever football match live, honestly. But yeah, just before we left, they'd all gone to the bog because the, the, we had to go on the long trip from Liverpool to Coventry. Just by literally, oh gosh, t uh, 10 yards away from me was Ian Beale from EastEnders. And I was just staring at him and he was having a laugh and a joke with some people. And I was frozen. I was like, I want to take a picture with Ian Beale. But something wouldn't allow me to even say Ian or like, and then I was in my head going, his name is not Ian, it's something else. And then I'm and told me it's Adam. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I better not call him Ian. Ian probably thinks, you know, you kind of don't even know my real name. So, and then I, in my head, I was like, take a picture, take a picture, take a picture. And then by the time I was faffing around in my head, he walked off. And then I said to one of the women, was that Ian Beale from East End? She goes, yeah, she goes, she's taking a picture. I was like, oh my God. And then I told everyone when they came out the toilet, they was like, you idiot. And then they were running out going, Ian. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, um, we, we'd, we'd missed him. But anyway. And but do you know what I was in my head, I was thinking, you know, when people approach me for photographs and autographs, do they feel like that as well? Like I just felt like I didn't want to kind of disturb him because he probably gets harassed by so many fans and so many people. And he'd come obviously to see a football match. And did he want to get harassed by fans? So I was thinking, do people think that when they come to me? I don't know. I mean, you tell me you're the fan. I mean, I'm my fan as well. I'm my biggest fan. I am my big, <laughs> biggest fan. But yeah, so going back to the match man so we got there and the first thing we did was uh see the you'll never walk alone gates we saw the sign uh, you know this is liverpool football club and obviously took the obligatory pictures then we headed straight to the pub and there was a little pub on the corner a little tiny little pub and uh oh my god it was rammed 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 to the rafters it was rather jumped i don't know how i'm gonna got to the bar she got to the bar and me breathe kind of tried to get through the crowds breathe then started going oh my god this is just too many people here can we go to the front so we then went to the front and basically oh god nearly nearly rolled over my doggy there were people on stage 
which apparently was season ticket holder. I don't know how Amon was explaining it, but you could only go on the stage if you were a VIP season holder ticket person, something like that. So it was crazy. So hundreds and hundreds of men sprinkled with a few women, sprinkled with a few kids. Yeah. The testosterone in that room. Oh, my God. It felt like a tribe, like tribal chanting. Uh, what was it? How did it go? They were just like chanting. Ale, ale, ale. Ale, ale, ale. Ale, ale, ale. <laughs> and then you just can't help but get into it. So I don't know all the lyrics to it, but whatever they were saying, I was trying to kind of go with them. And obviously, you know, the boom, boom, boom. Sweet Caroline. Boom, boom, boom. Good times never cease to wear. So good. So good. So good. Oh, my God. And hundreds of people singing that together. And then you'll never walk alone. You'll never walk alone. And the the oh, my God, the adrenaline that pumps through you when you're with this massive tribe of people that are out there rooting for one team, the excitement, the camaraderie, the, the, the community. I have never been in something like that before. I never really got what got when guys were so much into football, even girls, sorry, girls, I know you're into football too, but you know, guys are like so much more into football, aren't they? Um, I've, maybe I'm not politically correct saying that, but you know, you know, I'm just going to be real, right? You know, it's a, a man thing, but then it's now a woman thing as well. We know that, but Jesus Christ, man. I mean, it was quite apparent there. It was male dominated. It was so male dominated. Yeah, the whole auditorium was full to the rafters uh, and mostly male, mostly male. Right. But um, and not just that, the, the just the kind of tribal feel there of all these people in their in their red T-shirts, red hoodies, red everything, Liverpool everywhere. And then and then not just that, there were People from all over the shop, but obviously loads of Scousers. Scousers, man, they're the most amazing people. I've been Liverpool twice before now, and I am always blown away by the Scousers, man. Scousers, just in case you don't know, and you're listening internationally, are people from Liverpool. You call them, you call them a Scouse. Scouser? <laughs> I can't do a Liverpool accent, except disgusting. That's so disgusting. <laughs> and I use that a lot now, disgusting. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I can't do a Scouse accent. They do that <laughs> kind of thing, don't they? <laughs> uh, but they are the nicest of people. So when we were a little bit late going into the auditorium, so a little bit late and I was trying to get through, through to my seat. And, um, as I was trying to walk through, I had my oxygen tank on, right? And all these beautiful men, one after the other, were holding my hand and and helping me along and asking me, are you okay? Are you okay? They didn't even know me. Are you all right? Are you okay? You're right. Are you okay, lass? You all right? Okay, okay lass. And I'm like, oh my God, these are amazing people. And, and then when the goals get scored, they're like, yeah, and they're hugging each other. They're hugging you. And I'm like, oh my God, I love it here. I love it. And um, just the vibe, the vibes, the vibes that you get. Being in a live uh, kind of stadium, I've never done it, you know, like, you know, people go to the Olympics, uh, cricket matches, uh, cricket and you've got tennis matches, um, all kinds of like uh, open air events. Things like, you know, when the Queen used to have, you know, 
the Queen's Jubilee and all that kind of thing. The Queen when she died, the King's coronation and all kind of people get together on the streets of London, Birmingham, Coventry, wherever. I don't do it. I just don't do it because A, I'm a lazy cow. <laughs> B, even before oxygen problems, right? I just wasn't into it. I don't think our family's been into that kind of thing. And and thought, well, you know, who wants to go into a, a big crowd? Where are you going to park? Where are you going to wee? What are you going to do? Blah, de, blah, de, blah. And so just avoid it. But I mean, a lot of it's all done perfectly. It was all very done systematically. Everything was all kosher and it was lovely and pleasant. It really, really was. And not only that, because we were se season ticket holders, we got hospitality so we had drinks and food included and there was they couldn't do enough for you in there it was absolutely amazing so if you're someone kind of like sat on the fence going oh I don't know if I'd like to go to a, a live football match oh there's just a bunch of football hooligans there there were no football hooligans at all they're all really 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 nice in fact I was saying to a friend of mine who lives down south I was like, you know, Scousers, man, or people up north, up Leeds, Yorkshire, uh, Bradford, uh, Liverpool, Manchester. They're all so nice. So, so nice people. They will always, you know, make time to say, hi, how you doing? You're all right, lass? All that kind of thing. And the accents are amazing. And they're just uh, nice people. Go down south, man. It's a whole new story. People down south. I used to say this back in the day when I was on Club Asia Radio, actually. Like Southerners are just so rude. Southerners. They don't even, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Southerners, <laughs> slate me if you want to, but I have noticed they just never smile at you. You walk past them, they've got their head down, stuck on looking at the pavement somewhere like, you know, they don't want to look up and uh, befriend anyone or just smile at them and say, good morning. Um, although, okay, if I've got a friend <laughs> down south who does say good morning to all of her village, but that's, that's, that's different. She lives in a village, right? <laughs> But mostly they don't really say hello. Cars. Oh, my God. You will never find a southerner that gives you way in London. Here, if I have to give way to four cars, I will. I'll just stop. I'll flash my lights or I'll just wave my hand and say, go, go, go. Or if someone wants to cross the road, go, go, go. And I'll stop traffic because that's what us Midlanders and us Northerners do. I wouldn't say I'm completely up north. Uh, we're from the Midlands. So we're halfway central, central England, I guess. But... Yeah, um, there's a big difference, I think, in people up north and down south. South? Did I say south? <laughs> south, darling south. But I guess it's like that in all parts of the world, isn't it, really? So if you like take, say, if you take, for instance, uh, the United States of America, and then you think about the different stages, Memphis, Georgia, um, Texas, uh, and then you've got like... Uh, uh, Las Vegas and you've got Los Angeles, San Francisco, California. Then you've got Washington side, East Coast, West Coast. They're all very, very, very different in that mind. It don't, isn't it, don't, doesn't it boggle your mind how that happens? Why does it happen? Why are people in different parts of even a country in the same country different to one another? I mean, does that happen in Europe? So like, you know, North people that live in the north of Spain are the different from the people in the south of Spain and then why are they like that why has that happened has anyone ever thought about this has anyone got an explanation for me because I'd love to have the explanation mm. it's really not weird but it's it is fascinating I was actually talking to a mate of mine and she was talking about uh watching programs about the animal kingdom and how fascinating it is just watching animals and how they 
operate and how they feel and what they would do to for survival and what they would do uh, for their cubs and, you know, just the, the planets and the universe and the stars and the moon and, and life and clouds. <laughs> Have you ever sat down and thought about that stuff? Or do you just think uh, you just take it for granted and it, it just it's there like right now while I'm talking to you? I am looking at two trees that are swaying in the wind that are really, really tall. They must be like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen feet high or something like that. Eighteen, nineteen, twenty feet high. And to be honest with you, I sat I sit in the studio very often, which is my this is the box room that we made into a uh, office slash studio it was my love age radio studio and i used to practice my djing in here but i haven't djed for a long long time and i've sat here and done podcasts and i sit here and do lots of stuff on my apple mac here but i've never noticed those two trees like that are so big and i think a lot of us sometimes oh actually oh my god if i actually look closer there is a, what do you call those trees is it a conifer tree is it's like a christmas tree a Christmas tree. I don't know what they're called. Like, what's a Christmas tree called for real? <laughs> I mean, I, I just, it's a massive Christmas tree. It must be at least 15, 16, 17, 18 foot. Must be growing in someone's garden, maybe. Well, the one, there's one, like a slope thing that comes, like a hill in front of my house. And that's on the hill. But the other ones are on the side. But it's crazy that I've lived here for like, since 1980. And I've not noticed that before. So I think a lot of people are going around in life and not even noticing like everything um, and questioning everything. Should we not question like life and how uh, we do life and how we are doing life, how you are functioning? How is your brain thinking? How is your hand working? How is your mouth working? Why am I right now speaking to you without any effort at all? But it's all thoughts in my brain and the the vibration of sound is coming from my throat into this microphone, which you're going to listen somewhere else in the world. Don't that blow your mind? <laughs> it, it it really does blow my mind. And um, yeah, but um, sometimes I guess some humans just don't even think about this and they're just kind of very tunnel focused. So they're just focused on one thing and not really go through life feeling anything more or looking at anything more apart from the one thing that their tunnel their tunnel vision is on and then they come to the end of their life and their life's over and they've only really seen a tiny teeny or felt like a tiny glimpse of life because they haven't even opened their eyes to the rest of the world am i becoming a philosopher here <laughs> oh by the way by the way i have started my philosophy uh, course Yes, it is a practical philosophy course with the Royal School. Is it the Royal School? With the School of Philosophy and I think economics. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, uh, I, I uh, signed up to this about April-ish of last year when I just came out of the darkness. And I signed up. I missed class one. I don't know why. I thought, oh, yeah, I'd enrolled late. So he's like, right, Missy, you can... Uh, join the other class just for next week you can do the evening class and then we'll cut, put you back onto the monday high order barman i went to the class and there was probably about five so it's a zoom a zoom kind of class so all of you 
were there in your little, you know, your little squares. And the lecturer, what would call a lecturer, the guy that was conducting the course, they do it voluntarily. And he said, I would prefer if you would all show, have your cameras on. So that obviously that way you feel like you're in a classroom setting and stuff. Uh, but there was one woman, she still wouldn't put a camera on. <laughs> um, and then he talked really, really slowly and uh, stumbled under a lot of his words. And uh, honestly, about five times, I almost fell asleep. <laughs> uh, and just the content was very slow. And it was like, so what would you do if this blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I struggled to get through that class. And I didn't go back. Because like, if you're not feeling it, why are you bothering going, right? So I didn't go. And then about six weeks ago, I got an email from them going, Hi, Missy, we noticed you only made it to half a class. You didn't even make it to the first one. The second one we offered it to you. You went on that one. You didn't really go back. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I was ill. <laughs> and uh, there's, oh, no, really sorry to hear that. What about, hey, we allow you to do the same course. And it's happening again in September. I was like, butty midi. And I couldn't lie in this one. So I was like, oh, wow great <laughs> so i went on my philosophy course on monday and it was actually quite enjoyable this time he's still i think he was the same lecturer actually an old codger bless him god bless his cotton cheese he was in a boat and um i forgot what his name was but that's irrelevant i guess um and there was about 15 people this time a good mix of people or from across the world. Some people from Australia, some in England, some were, I think, I can't remember where else he said. But um, yeah, it was a multicultural kind of mixed bag of people and asking philosophical questions. Uh, so I lasted doing that class and I was like, oh, OK, it wasn't as bad. I mean, let me just, is this the handout that he gave us? No, that's not. I don't know where the handout is that he gave us that day. Uh, no, that's not the one either. Uh I've lost it. I'll print it out again. <laughs> That's how much respect I've got for the handout. But our homework was this. To, um, to every day, twice a day, uh, when you come up, uh, 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 come up across a situation in your life, stop for a minute, breathe and ask yourself, what would a wise man or woman or person do? Do. So, Think of situation, situation, wherever it is, and then think to yourself, what would a wise person do in this situation? Ah, I see. And you're supposed to do that twice a day. How many times have I done it? I did my course on Monday and I haven't done it once. <laughs> I've always been bad at homework. Yeah. No, actually, I'd lie. I used to do my homework and stuff. To be honest, I've got, I haven't got a very... Uh, clear memories about my schooling except that I know that I wasn't very bright I wasn't very kind of um uh intellectual I was more creative so I used to love computers computer science I think it was acorn computers that when I was 11 I saw my first computer I was fascinated as hell I loved art I did like art I loved uh, we did photography I remember doing photography with a box camera so i think these cameras were made right by the teacher i think it was sixth form and they had a pinprick a pinprick in that camera 
And what you did, you got a photographic paper. You had to go to the dark room. You have to make sure there was no light leaking in to that dark room. So you've got to go in there. And then the only light you can use, I think it's that ultra, no, it's not ultraviolet. It's like a red kind of light that you use in a dark room. And then you'd put the, the paper in and um, you would then take it outside and you will then pull out uh, the cover to the pinprick and then you just let the 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 image impose itself onto the paper. And that's my mother just coming to my podcast when I told her that I'm doing a podcast, but she really doesn't care. What do you want, mum? I just want one second. <coughs> and that's what happens. A double trouble mum and me will be back uh, soon. I think not next week, the week after maybe. Don't worry about don't worry about my podcast, mum. All I said to my mum was, I'm going to go and do my podcast. You stay downstairs. I'll be upstairs. I've been hearing her fanning around outside the door, outside my bedroom at the studio. Well, it was a bedroom. Now it's a studio. And now she's just walked in without even knocking. This is my life, people. Just just so that you know. I'm not raising anything, mate. Oh, that's staying there as well. Honestly. She told me to erase the bits when she told me I was she was, that I was doing bakwas, but I'm not going to erase it. Anyway, so where was I with the uh, philosophy? Oh my gosh, she's messed with my flow now. Where was I? Oh yeah, the uh, photography. So you basically had like a metal sheet, lift it up, picture is then uh, superimposed onto the photography paper, then you went inside and you developed it. And I was sold. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So I used to do that stuff. I loved drumming. So, you know, a proper drum kit. Um, I learned how to play that. Um, uh, that was amazing. Uh, I should go back into that, actually. And then naturally, I started playing the dolki myself. Uh, I have tablas as well, which my um, mubola uh, brother, Sunny, has given to me. He lives in Canada with Krish and he gifted me his tablas. Um, so tabla, I find hard harder to play than a dolki i'm a very good dolki player so i maybe should get back into drumming but see as 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 we're saying about being um intellectual i'm not so intellectual but i very practical very creative and i'm very uh analytical i would say i'm a very analytical kind of person so a lot of the people in the course uh they use all the big language um i don't know that what was that there was a word they said and I was like, I ain't got a clue what that means. And they kept saying it. Then I had to quietly Google it. It's like, oh, but it's not something that is in my language. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, philosophy it goes on till December. So you just never know, my darlings. By December, I may, may become just a more of a philosophical Ritu <laughs> or Missy. <laughs> But uh, I might not even last another week. Let's see. Let's see. But I thought I'd give it a good go because you should always give it a good bash uh, before giving up. So, you know, like I went to Anfield, I'm now sold. I am so sold. I am now a, an official Liverpool uh, fan. Liverpool. Um, yeah. Liverpool fan. Going to have to buy the season T-shirts and stuff. <laughs> and I'm going to go to Anfield. <laughs> and um, actually, is that my mom again? She's banging around. She's just banging around outside. It's just absolutely crazy, this household. I swear to God. This household is not just me, mum, and my dog. And my dog's by my foot. He is my shadow. He's my he's my Velcro dog. He just wants to be with me all the time. And I feel bad I haven't taken him for a walk for a couple of days. I did get into a nice circle of taking him. 
and then I've got into lazy mode again, so I better sort my shit out, really. <laughs> um, so what else? I was going to say something else to you uh, on this episode, um, but I can't remember. So I guess I wanted to kind of share with you how my life is evolving and how my sort, sort meaning thoughts are changing and my attitude to life is becoming a little bit different. I wouldn't say the whole core of me is different because the core of me is still there and that still needs a lot of work to be able to accept a lot of stuff in my life and let it go. I've still got to learn techniques on how to, when someone grates on you or someone is negative towards you or you're in a negative situation, how to not let that affect you on any type of level and find a way, a tool, a tool to do that, which I haven't come across yet <laughs> or a technique. But um, I um, I totally believe that I need to do a lot more. And he confirmed that also in the philosophy class is a lot more meditation, a lot of being within, a lot of acceptance. So um, and also what was he saying? Something about looking at the same landscape, but with different goggles. So the same situation can be seen by so many different people in so many different ways. But the mind boggling thing is they're all looking at the same thing, the same situation. So let's say we've got situation A and that situation A is whatever the information is for that situation A. Now imagine a round table of 100 people looking at situation A. Every single one of those people are going to have their own ideology about situation A. And it all means something entirely different to all of those 100 people. There may be one or two in there that match with the same ideology or, you know, the same sort pattern. But mostly everyone's going to see it in different, different ways. Ain't that mind blowing? Isn't it fascinating? And that's why I'm doing philosophy, my darlings. <laughs> why am I doing it? I don't know. I think it's just something I took then. I I, I, I subscribed back in April uh, because I was missing my shrinks, uh, my uh, ninjas. Remember my ninjas? I used to talk about my ninjas all the time and I used to love my ninjas. I used to look forward to springing out of bed every day and seeing which ninja today do I have? Because I would have a ninja a day bar Friday. And uh, my shrinky friend, my shrinky friend was one of them. She, I think she used to do Thursdays. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, when I went into the darkness, remember, um, shrinky advised me to stop all shrinks of any way, shape or form, uh, because I had over therapized myself and did not require therapy now urgently stop. So we stopped all the shrinks and then it came to a point where I was really missing, I think, a human interaction, B interaction on Zoom, that kind of model that I was used to of speaking to people across the globe on Zoom and having them for an hour to an hour and a half, sometimes two, and, and getting their advice and input into my life. Um, and I just, it was just a little flow of what I had and I really liked it. And then it all went. And I think, you know, when anything goes, you're going to miss it, right? And you're always going to look for, it's human nature to look for a replacement. Either you do or you don't. Sometimes you don't want to replace it and you're willing to just give it up. And that way, that is the harder route. And it's the more kind of heartbreaking route when you lose something and then it takes time for you to get over it. 
Uh, but human nature, I would say most of the time is to kind of uh, find a replacement for it, which is quite sad, I know, because that's what most people do when they're on the rebound. I guess, you know, when they break up with a boyfriend and girlfriend, they, they find another one very quickly to replace that other person because all they're doing is trying to uh, fill that gap rather than find another person to love, you know. So, yeah, I, I went out looking for a gap filler. And so subscribe to this philosophy course. Why? Because it was £120, reduced to 60 quid. And then because I have disability, I was given it for 30 quid. So oh, my whole body is aching from just beats. Those chairs in Anfield, I mean, as nice as it was, those chairs need to be a bit more luxury, darling. Very tiny chairs. And we were like bone to bone, crushed next to each other. No leg space, no arse space, no arm space. And my arms and my legs are really aching. Sorry, I've diversified, haven't I? So yeah, um, well, what, what philosophy? Oh, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, you get the gist of what I'm saying, right? So yeah, I'm now going to shut up because I've got to my limit on the uh, podcast. I mean, it's not a, an actual limit, really, is it? I mean, I could go on for another 30, 40, 50 minutes if I wanted to, but I don't want to bore the shit out of you either. So uh, so there's there's my bits for you today. And I want to say thank you to all those people that always feed back to me. Just the other day, someone was like, Missy, I listen to your podcast all the time. And I love the way you're just so honest, open and raw. I love all the shit that you say. You always say it's shit, but it's not shit. It is good shit. You inspire me. The stuff you say, I would never be able to say that to myself or to, you know, friends and you say it on an open public platform. Uh, and I was like, well, that, I guess that's what my podcast uh, was de- designed for, for just being open, honest and raw and just letting the world know how I feel and what my life is about. And for you to feel sometimes that, oh my God, that's not the Missy D I thought she was. I thought she was this glamorous puss on radio and she was a famous celebrity and she lived this glamorous lifestyle. No, 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 no. I'm just a ordinary girl from an ordinary world doing extraordinary things, I think. I'll leave you on that note. Take care. Be good. I'll catch you on the next podcast. Ha, See you.